Hey, Journey, how are you doing today? Man, this has been a great weekend so far, and this is our last gathering for the weekend. If you came out expecting Pastor Mark, I am sorry to disappoint you today, but you are stuck with me in this place, and we're going to have a great time here today. If you, if you don't know who I am or we haven't had an opportunity to meet each other, I'm the Code Red pastor here at The Journey, and uh, Code Red is our missions and outreach arm of what we do here in, in meeting the needs of our community. In fact, we we are ordinary people on a mission to change our world for Jesus. And we do that by constantly getting out there into the community, identifying the needs of our community and our families in the community and creating response, equipping you, journeyers and J-teamers to come alongside and to be a part of that response and help us with the cause that we are doing here. And uh, man, you are just such a crucial part of it all. I wanna spend just a, a, a few moments here and show some recognition first for Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark, he is truly one of the most incredible people that I know. He's a great leader, he's a great mentor, he's a great friend. And I know that Pastor Mark has a heart to pursue God in everything that he does. And honestly, we are a blessed church to have him as our pastor and as our leader. And you know what? We have a great leadership team as well. And it's, a, it's an opportunity and a privilege to serve alongside this great team of leaders that we here have here at The Journey who have a heart to help people find Jesus and follow him fully. Would you give me, uh, uh, join in with me and give me a hand, uh, give Pastor Mark a hand and our leaders here and all that they do. Pastor Mark, we appreciate you. And Pastor Mark, I know that you're gonna be watching this at some point, maybe you're watching it right now, but I think that you are a cool pastor. You look like a cool pastor. That is for you, Pastor Mark. And for all of you who have served in Code Red, and whether that was in groups or whether that was projects or events that we did, I wanna personally thank you, Journey, for being a part of it all and helping us to bring hope and make a difference in the lives of so many people here in Journey City. In August, in fact, because of your generosity, we were able to invest more than $50,000 back into our local communities and around the world to help meet those needs. It's pretty amazing. And because of your willingness to serve, you aren't just a giving church, but you're also a church. And this is what I love about us is that we're a church to jump in and get our hands dirty and serve and meet those needs up close and personal. And because of your willingness to get out there and be the hands and the feet of Jesus, we have helped thousands of people in our communities with food, healthy food and supplies, and most importantly, to have some hope during this season. And so I'm excited to say that it doesn't stop here, but we're gonna continue to meet the needs around us. And we're gonna do that one way by continuing to help with food and food distribution. In fact, Saturdays, the second Saturday of every month moving forward, we're going to be providing a food distribution event to our community. It's open to the community where they'll receive healthy food and supplies. And we're going to do that every second Saturday of the month from 10 until noon. And if you haven't signed up yet to be a part of it, you still have time. There's still time. Go to the Serve Day app 
sign up and you can come out and help us with this and be a part of what God is doing in our community. And of course, there is one more group of people that I need to thank here today because none of this Code Red stuff would happen without them. And that is the great team of leaders that I have who spend hundreds of hours and tons of energy into creating these opportunities, these amazing opportunities for us to get out there and for the journey to show Jesus' love to the people in our community. So with that, I want to show my Code Red leaders and my core team, I wanna personally thank you for all of your hard work and all of the dedication to our cause journey. Will you join me and show them some appreciation this morning as well? Man, this is gonna be a good time. You are a lively bunch, because it was good. I was prepared to say, hey, I preach well with a lively bunch. And if you aren't a lively bunch, I'll just keep preaching until I get an amen and we'll be here all day, all right? But you, you guys are doing great so far. Let me ask you this, out of the gate, have you ever had an awkward conversation that once you got into that conversation, you were like, what did I just walk into? How did I get in the middle of this conversation? It is so awkward. Or maybe, man, I should have never heard what I just heard just now. Or how about a conversation where when you're in the midst of the conversation, things get to that awkward level where it seems like all eyes in the room are on you at that time. All ears are listening to hear what's going to be said. And in your mind, you start to think and look for the nearest exit, uh, how you can get out of that conversation. Well, I think all of us have been in those situations at one time or another. And I remember as I was putting this together, an awkward conversation that I once had when I was on a missions trip, I was in a country with a team, a missions team in South America. And it was during a time of World Cup soccer play. And uh, as some of you guys may know, much of the world takes soccer very seriously. And uh, we had just come back to our hotel, the place that we were staying from a busy, fulfilling day in the community of ministry and work. And as we walked into the lobby of our hotel that evening, the, the lobby was full of people. Man, there was energy in that place that night. It was packed full of people. They were eating, they were drinking. The TVs in the lobby had, what else? World Cup soccer on the TV screens. And so as we're walking through the lobby, one of the men from that group in the lobby decided he was gonna come up and have a, a conversation with us. And uh, so it started at surface level, you know, very casual, like, hey, who are you? Um, why are you here? What are you doing? And I answered those questions, and then it got awkward with the next question when he decided to take the subject matter and turn it to soccer. Now, I have to admit, I am not a big soccer follower. Look, I, it's not that I dislike soccer, I just don't follow it. But I know enough that the world loves soccer. And the next question, I knew exactly how to answer, and his question was, do you like soccer? Well, what am I gonna say? I'm in South America, World Cup is on the TVs, everybody's having a good time, so I say, of course I love soccer. Soccer's great, and uh, that set me up for the next question, which I wasn't really sure how to answer it. And he said, well, who do you like? Who do you follow? Well, I have to be honest, I was feeling a little ornery in that moment. You know, it had been a long day, and I thought I'd have a little bit of fun. It seemed like a, you know, a, a joyous thing happening in the lobby. Everybody's excited and having fun. And so I said, well, you know, I like Germany. 
And Germany was the country that just defeated that home country in World Cup. Can I tell you, things got really awkward fast because just like a scene out of a movie that people put down their drinks, they stopped eating their slice of pizza and all eyes were on me. And it was really, really awkward. In fact, I think some of the people with me thought we were going to die that day. But I was able to joke my way out of it and get out of that, you know, tactfully. I was just kidding. You know, I love soccer. I love Argentina. You know, that's where we were, by the way. And, uh, and, uh, and we were able to get out of that conversation. Now, maybe you haven't experienced a conversation that was that awkward like that. But I think we all have been in these conversations and once in it, we're saying now that was awkward or this is getting awkward. And, and probably for most of us, if we have a little bit of a heads up, we try to avoid these awkward conversations at all costs. And if we can't, then we try to avoid them. We pretend and we muddle our way through it and we maybe even run from the conversation. And why is that? Because I think... In some conversations, we don't want to look silly. I think in some conversations, we don't want to look ignorant to the topic or the subject matter that might come up, like soccer. Um, or maybe, just maybe, we don't like conflict, and so we run from it. But today, I would like to challenge you with this. Awkward conversations don't always have to be negative. But awkward conversations can actually be positive and beneficial. Now, some of you might be sitting here today, scratching your head and maybe a little skeptical, wondering what in the world I'm talking about here. Like, what did Pastor Steve drink in his coffee today? And I assure you that it wasn't Dunkin' Donuts coffee that I drank. For those of you guys, you know. But I want to encourage you to hang with me for just uh, for the next several minutes here. And I'm going to explain just a little bit about how Jesus shows us that awkward conversations can actually lead to further connections and to life change. So look with me today here in John chapter 4. All right. All right. I feel like E.T. It's like the power is in the finger. This is what it feels like to be Pastor Mark everywhere. Yeah. And it feels good. It feels good. Pastor Mark, I love you. All right. So as it reads here, as we look at this uh, passage, Jesus is in the early days of his ministry, and he is doing some traveling here. It says that he left Judea, and he returned to Galilee, and he had to go through Samaria on the way. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Now, to give you a little bit of context, a little bit of history to what is happening during this time, in history during this time, there was some extreme prejudice that was happening between a group of people called the Jews and a group of people called Samaritans. In fact, they disagreed on many things and they even tried to avoid each other at all costs. You know what? In fact, it was safe to say that they probably disliked each other a whole lot. Maybe hate is a little bit strong, but it was pretty close to the point where if a Jew was traveling along this way, they would actually go around the place of Samaria to avoid 
coming across the Samaritans and having conversations with them, even if it meant that it was going to take two or three days longer on their journey to get to where they wanted to go. But we read here in this passage that Jesus, who is a Jew, had to go through Samaria. So why was this? Why did Jesus feel the need that he had to go through this place that everybody else, all other Jews, would try to avoid? Well, he had to go through it because he knew that there was a conversation, a real conversation that he was intending to have with a special woman, a special individual that day, so that real change could start to happen in her life. He knew that there was some change that needed to be, uh, to need to be done in her life, and he was willing to position him here and place his, himself where she was going to be so that he could have this conversation with her, even though it might get a little bit awkward for everybody involved here. And what we find unfolds is an amazing story that reveals the heart of God for his people, for people here. And it's an amazing and powerful story that we read here. So let's continue to read this story. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sakar, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. And soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. Now in this story, we find that Jesus, again, he goes out to meet her. He doesn't stay back. He doesn't avoid Samaria. He places himself right there at the well where he knew that she would eventually come out and meet him. He didn't shy away from this conversation that he knew had to happen, from this connection that was needed. He was on a mission that day, and it started in conversation to get awkward right out of the gate, right from the start. In fact, we read here, the woman was surprised for Jesus, uh, was surprised for Jesus refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Why are you asking me for a drink? And we're gonna come back to this here in just a moment, so hang tight with that. But I wanna ask you guys, in this vein of where we're going here with all of this, how many of you remember back to high school days? Now, some of you might not have to go back as far as some of us, and that's okay, that's okay. But with me, just for the next few seconds, try and think back to high school when that happened. And as I was putting this all together, I started to remember what those days were like. And I remembered that during that time, we had various different groups of people that would hang out together in high school. So we had like the nerds, we had the athletes, or we called them the jocks, we had the, the rednecks, we had the metalheads, we had the band performers, and uh, several other, the popular kids. You guys remember some of these groups? Do they still exist today? Maybe, all right. Well, they did in my time, so we're gonna go back to my time. And I remember that these groups rarely left their groups to go talk to other people in other groups. You know, it just was outside of their comfort zone for many of them. They had things in common with those groups of people that they were hanging out with, and they just didn't navigate to other groups there in high school. But man, that was not me. I think I would have been bored if I was stuck and locked into one particular group 
Things would have been boring. Life would have been boring. So I had friends in all the groups. It just, just, just depended upon the day, you know, what was going to happen. You know, I hung out with the rednecks. I hung out with the athletes, you know, and every day was, it was like different colors every day. It was great. And I can, I had a bunch of fun with it. I, it was life-giving. It gave opportunity to have some really interesting conversations. And it gave opportunity to have some conversations that maybe I wish were never had. They were a little bit awkward. But these conversations and experiences were a blast and they never would have happened if I didn't intentionally step out of my norm, outside of where I was comfortable and into environments to have some real conversations with other people. We find in this story here that we are reading that Jesus approaches a complete stranger, someone that is outside of his normal sphere of people. She is not a Jew. And honestly, in the eyes of many people of this time, she was considered one of the lowest of the low. She was a Samaritan and she was a woman. But Jesus saw something here. She was important to him that he placed himself there and he wanted to have a conversation with her and it mattered to him. She mattered to him. Journey, we believe that every person matters. And that's why we say that we are a real church for real people. It's not just a cool saying that we have, but we sincerely believe that people should feel welcome here and in this place, regardless of their past or their present circumstances. And we see this play out every week with new faces, fresh faces who come. And we hear that often that, hey, they feel so welcomed. It doesn't, it doesn't matter where they're coming from or what their circumstances are. They feel welcome. And we want to continue to provide that environment to have meaningful conversations we have to be intentional about having them with others. And Jesus is showing us here the intentionality behind having a conversation with this woman. And we have to seize the opportunities that we have, those opportunities that open up to get real about life and faith and what really matters. Even though sometimes in those conversations, things can get a little bit awkward. Wherever we're at, Whatever we do, we need to make it count. And one great environment to have these real conversations and connections are within J groups. Here, you are going to get an opportunity next week. Our J groups catalog opens and you'll have an opportunity to sift through the list of, of uh, J groups that we're gonna have listed there and sign up and be a part. And within that group, there are great opportunities to get real, to have some up close and personal conversations and to ask the question that maybe we have and find out the answers together. You know, a J group, a small group of people with similar interests, but going in the same direction together in our faith. Why does all of this matter? Because real change happens through real connections. In this conversation that Jesus was having with this woman, the water didn't really matter to Jesus. He was using that as an opening to this conversation that he was gonna have with her. The water didn't really matter at the end of the day. What mattered to him was this woman. 
she mattered to him. And so he positioned himself in a place to have a real conversation with her so that she could experience real life change. And as we read through this story, Jesus begins to, to transition this conversation, which is at surface level, talking about water, physical water at this well, to real life talk. And he begins to talk about water, life-giving water, life-sustaining water that only he can give. And so let's read here what happens. Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. This is Jesus saying that. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And she responds with, please, sir, give me this water and then I will never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water anymore. Man, what is happening here in this conversation is that things start to get a little deeper. They, st they start to head towards what really matters in life. And the fact that she had some things in life that needed to be cleaned up, that needed to be changed so that she could experience the fullness of life in relationship with Jesus. And this conversation needed to happen and it starts to, to change and it goes a little bit deeper. And as if it couldn't get any more awkward than Jesus, a Jew, talking to a Samaritan woman, he takes it there. He goes a little bit deeper and he says, go call your husband and come back. Well, he knew she didn't have a husband, so he's setting her up. Here, she says, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man that you are with right now is not your husband. So what you say is very true. All right. I think that if I was in this woman's shoes right now, I just might be looking for that exit right now. I would probably grab my bucket, fill it with water. Adios, Jesus. It's been a great meeting. Great to meet you. See you again sometime on the flip, right? But she doesn't run. Instead, she gets real in the conversation and she acknowledges that there are things in life that have brought her to this place right here and her current living situation. And it's not a great place to be. For so long, she's been coming back to the same wells looking for something that's gonna fill the void in her life. And she's doing it through men and that isn't working for her. And she realizes in this conversation that maybe this guy standing in front of her has something more to give. Maybe he's a little bit different than all the other men that she's come across and he has something in life that he can offer her. And it's in this real conversation that this woman realizes who Jesus is and that he is the light and the hope that she needed in life and that she needed to take some steps and change her life for what it was and her eyes were opened, her heart was open to Jesus, and that life change began to happen. It began to happen in such a way that she was so excited about this conversation and this life change that was happening, things are gonna be different, that the water didn't matter to her anymore either. Because if we continue to read, she says, it says that the woman left her water jar beside the well, 
And she ran back to her village or her community to tell them what she had, ex had experienced with Jesus. So the water no, matter, no longer mattered to her, but the life change that was happening inside her heart and in her life, that began to matter. She wanted something different. And why did this happen? Because real change happens through real connections. Jesus knew the power of connection and the power of conversation. And there's there's no denying or hiding the fact that her life was being forever changed because of this conversation that she had with Jesus that day. See, the woman came to the well that day with one purpose in mind. She was just coming for water, just like she did every other day. But this day, she was walking away with living water and life change that would last forever. Now, you might be new to this, and maybe you haven't decided yet to put your faith in Jesus, and that's okay. You have a pass on this one for right now. But listen, if you are somebody here today who has already put your faith in Jesus, you may be hearing this today, and you might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed at the thought of having some conversations like Jesus did with this woman that day. Maybe you feel like you're not qualified to have these conversations, or maybe you feel like you're still trying to get your stuff together before you have these conversations. I want to encourage you with something here today. You don't have to be a, a professional conversationalist to have conversations with people. You don't have to have all of your stuff together to have conversations with people. I would say this, in those conversations that you have out there with people, be yourself, be real and be honest and share your story. Share your story. There is no more powerful story than the story that God is writing in your heart and in your life. Share your story. So we own that story. Use that story in conversation. Tell others what God is doing and then let God do his thing in the hearts and the minds of the people that we're having conversation with. I want you guys to know, never underestimate the, the one conversation that you are having with a person. Sometimes we might walk away and we might feel like, hey, that didn't really land. I don't know that anything is going to happen from that. I wish it would have gone differently. Nothing is going to come from this. But in those conversations, seeds are planted and God is using you and God is using me to help drop seeds of truth in people's lives. And it comes through the conversations because, whoops. <laughs> All right. Real change happens through real connections. You know, I'm going to share something with you here. You know, six years ago, I'd been serving in churches for more than 20 years. And I reached a place in life where I was facing some mental and some spiritual challenges. I was facing some burnout, I was facing some fatigue, and really honestly, some loss of zest for life. And it was during that time that I had an opportunity to engage with Jesus in a different way, in, at a different well. And that well was the journey. The well that God decided to show up to was this place. And though I didn't have Jesus physically show up and have a conversation with me, like he did with the woman at the well, he used the leadership of this 
church, Pastor Abby, Pastor Brad, Pastor Mark and other leaders to have these conversations with me. And in these conversations, man, I started to have a sense of hope again. And I started to have a, a, a place of peace again in my life and in my heart. And, and life change started again. I remember these conversations and how that heart change happened and how that life change happened and how my joy of having relationship with Jesus was restored once again. You know, this was my well that Jesus chose to meet me at. He didn't do it, he, he did it through his people. He did it through real conversation. And through those real conversations, I began to see real change happen in my life. Journey, we believe that if we keep telling people about Jesus, that we can continue to make an eternal difference in the lives of the 1.8 million people in Journey, which is that 30 mile radius around this Newark location that we feel that God has called us to. And if you're a person of faith here this morning, you've joined us this morning, I wanna ask you a couple different questions that you can take with you. These are questions that I'm asking, actively asking myself here today. What conversations will you have with others this week and in the weeks to come? What invitations are you going to give other people to come and gather and connect and to serve? What group are you going to lead? Who are you going to pray for? And here's the last question for you. Where is your well? Where is the well that you're going to position yourself next to? Where is your well? Journey family, I wanna hear the stories of more lives changed and to see people connected to Jesus. Again, there's 1.8 million people in Journey City and so many of them still need to hear about Jesus, to know that he can bring life change, that he can bring living water, not just surface things, but he can bring deep living water to their lives. And so today I'm making a commitment here in front of all of you and before God that I am going to set out and I'm gonna do a better job of looking for those well opportunities and use those open opportunities that God gives me to help people find Jesus and follow him fully. I've got something inside that is just over, overflowing. It's that joy that comes from having a relationship with Jesus. And I'm gonna seize every opportunity, every open door that God gives me to make it count. And how am I gonna do this? I'll share with you my plan. Are you ready for this? You can take notes. There's three, ready? I'm going to invest and invite. You guys have already heard that next week we're starting a new series called Mind Games. It's gonna be a great series. We're gonna tackle some subjects and some topics and some things that people are facing right now in their minds and in their hearts and in their lives. And these are things that maybe you might be going through right now. What better opportunity do we have than to invite people to come out and hear about this life-giving uh, work that God is doing? The next thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna pray. 
I'm going to pray for people that don't know Jesus yet, that haven't experienced the life that I've been able to experience and you've been able to experience. I'm going to pray for those people. How am I going to do it? I'm going to take some time in my slot and spot, that time and that place on my calendar to get with God. And I'm going to pray for those individuals. And I'm going to believe that as seeds are planted in conversations all over Journey City, that lives are going to begin to change here for Him. And I'm going to ask, this is the third thing, note takers, third thing, God and His Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask Him to share His Holy Spirit with me and help me be bold in all conversations with my friends and with my family and with my coworkers and anyone else that I have an opportunity to speak with, that I'll be bold in those times. And if you're here today, and you're saying with me, hey, I wanna make this commitment as well. If these were things that you needed to hear, that you're inspired, that you're encouraged to know, hey, I don't have to be a professional conversationalist to have a conversation, but all I need to do is share my story. Would you raise your hand here this morning and join me as we pray for God's move moving forward? God, we just thank you so much for what you are doing in Journey City. God, so many hearts and lives that are being changed. God, we thank you for changing our hearts and our lives. God, for the joy and the fulfillment that comes in following you and having life with you. God, we want so many others to experience that life change and that joy as well. God, help us. Help us to be intentional about our conversations. Help us to be bold in those conversations, Lord, we pray. And God, that we will see a wave of people this fall that will come and gather and connect and serve and ultimately put their faith in you, God. We thank you for being a big God that we can serve, that, that we know is with us all along the way in this journey. God, we praise you in this place today. And if you're here today, and you're not yet to that place of putting your faith in Jesus, and you feel a little bit like that woman at the well, maybe you feel like the life that you are living hasn't really added up, to what you thought it would be. And then maybe you keep going back to the same well day in and day out, looking for the same return, looking for something that's gonna fill the void. Maybe that is in the money you're making in your occupation. Maybe that's in relationships. Maybe it's unhealthy relationships like this woman was experiencing. You keep going back to that same well, looking for the same thing and you're just not getting any return on that. And you're here today and you're hearing that there might be some hope and that hope might come through a relationship and a life found in Jesus like it has for so many others. I wanna invite you to accept that open invitation that God has for you, that Jesus has for you like he did for that woman that day to experience all the fullness, all the joy that comes from life in him. And if you're here today and you want to accept that life with him, you wanna say, God, I've tried it my way. I'm done trying it my way. It hasn't worked. I need to try something different. God, I want to give it to you because I believe that you have life. You have living water and I want that. Would you bow your heads and would you pray with me? You can pray out and use your own words or you can use mine today, but let's agree together on this. God, we just thank you again. God, you're an amazing God. God, and I am truly humbled by who you are, the creator of the universe. God, you hold the world in the palm of your hand. 
and yet you care about little old me. God, you care about what it is that I'm going through. You care about my happiness. You care about my relationships. God, you care about all those things that play into life. And God, you want me to have the best. You want me to live and walk in the purpose that you have for me. And so today, God, I place my commitment to you, God. And I say, God, forgive me. God, take away all of these things that have been distractions in my life. God, cleanse me. Give me new life, the living water that you have to give. God, I put my faith and a trust in you. And if that is you here today, while everybody else is continuing to concentrate on God and worship him, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand and, and acknowledge that, hey, life is new for you today. It's gonna be better And Jesus. Thank you, thank you. All right, Journey, would you continue to worship with me and let's give God a hand here this morning in this place.